G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz. This is episode number 44 of the Outback Mind podcast. Appreciate you joining in. Very, very grateful to have a well-known gentleman on with me this afternoon. Steve Griffith is one of Australia's leading, if not Australia's leading, mindfulness, meditation, um, <clears throat> resilience speakers or resilience uh, teachers primarily. And um, he's been uh, working in this space for a number of years before it was sort of, well, before it was more common, uh, I suppose it is now, to, uh, to practice these things. And to be able to sort of identify anxiety, stress, depression, all those um, common uh, behaviours that we have in our in our lives these days, uh, and he's, he's really simplified uh, the way that we actually can manage it, and also to be able to learn practices which we can um, uh, uh, be able to bring into our daily lives to self-regulate. And uh, you know, Steve's um, you know worked with lots of um, high-profile people, athletes, and so forth, which we'll touch on through the conversation. So. I'm sure you're going to to get a lot out of this one. He's um he's a very uh well respected, well sought after guy, and uh, yeah, I'm really blessed to be able to have him on the podcast and share him um I'll share his wisdom with you guys out there. So uh, sit back and enjoy. Uh, really want to pay um uh, uh, respect to our primary partner, uh, which is uh, Green Nutritionals. So um yeah, if you can check out their website, uh, greennutritionals.com.au. Um, make magnificent green superfoods which uh, support our physical and mental health so really uh, appreciate you supporting them because they support us and uh, I want to try and bring people uh, into this podcast that can provide you know well-being uh, products or solutions that uh, that can help us thrive into uh, into modern life and uh, improve our physical and mental well-being and, and their products certainly do that Alrighty, without further ado sit back and enjoy our conversation uh, this afternoon with Steve cheers Steve Griffith, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Aaron, great to be here. Absolutely uh, blessed and, and privileged to have you along. Um, I've heard a lot about you and um, the work that you've done, the work you've do, you're doing, and obviously the tremendous impact you've had on, on people's lives. So I'm really grateful for your time uh, sharing um, your knowledge with me and also helping uh, people throughout regional Australia to be able to uh, get a little bit of your wisdom and, and understand a little bit about um, uh, you know, meditation, but also stress management, anxiety management, and uh, you know, some of the work that you've, you've done with, um, with people to be able to help um, change their lives. So thank you, Steve. Um, just wanted to see, uh, hear a little bit about yourself, your, your upbringing, sort of where you sort of came from uh, and sort of where life sort of took you to where you are now. Um, well, Aaron, I, uh, I think like you, I grew up in region of Victoria. Well, not region of Victoria, actually on the border of uh, Albury and Wodonga. Um, three generations farming. Mm. I um, went to uh, school uh, in Albury and studied there and uh, went to boarding school. Um, but I was interested in sport. I was uh, involved in snow skiing. Mm. And um, I came to meditation uh, really via, you know, an accident or an injury that um, I incurred back in 1975 mm. um, and uh, learnt yoga like I think you do and have been experiencing and, and then learnt to meditate, which was uh, 
you know, a wonderful experience for me. And that was uh, back in 1975 and I've been meditating uh, ever since. Unbelievable how, like, back then it would have been completely foreign. Um, uh, back in the 70s, that's for sure. And be interested to see where, where you got hold of that. How did that come into your life? Uh, well, look, just from uh, a friend of mine who, well, two reasons. One, when I was skiing competitively, we had a, um, uh, I met one of the Canadian ski team uh, when I was in Colorado uh, in the 70s. And they had learned to meditate back then. Uh, in America, uh, everyone, you know, probably, you know, who's not sort of of that vintage, but meditation was huge. And uh, I, of course, learned transcendental meditation who was brought to australia in 1959 by his holiness Shogi, who he was a, a science graduate in india from Allahabad university that he was really the first person to put meditation very clearly into the world from the point of view of the benefits from a physiological and neurological point of view and uh, even in the 70s was really promoting it from how it would affect the brain and the physiology so he was an incredible pioneer and um in the 70s in america uh, meditation was absolutely huge i think in 1974 over a million people learned to meditate Jeez. so it was very popular back then uh on the back of the 60s and sort of that transition from psychedelia and you know the uh, whole period of hippies and you know people exploring self-development and exploring uh, really uh, a transition from the way things had been done in the past so it was a really exciting time mm. and um, you know therefore we um, were sort of in that period it was a very very uh, lively incredible uh, uptake in people learning to meditate it's, it's incredible to hear that, Steve, because I, I, I you know, from my uh, experience as a young fellow, I was born in the 70s and um, coming through, it was never something that I was exposed to and, until this century, basically. But, um, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had a... Well, it was interesting. Sorry, go it ahead. It was go interesting. Ahead. No, no, Aaron, it was just, I suppose, um, you know, and then I became a teacher of meditation in 1979 and uh, I think there was 400 people on my teacher training course. Jeez, whereabouts was that? That took place in uh, in Switzerland actually, um, a little a part of it in Australia and then the main part of it was in Switzerland, um, uh, which was where a lot of the training was done back then uh, for teachers. So it then was in India as well, but uh, it, it was, you know, kind of in, in, you know, you were in residence for five months. You did four months in residence twice. And then, uh, so it was all together about, you know, nine months full time in residence to become a teacher. Mm. So, so did you come from being a professional athlete into this or did you have like a work life uh, career in between? No, not at all. I, I was very young. I was only in my early 20s and had been out of school and um, had sort of taken up. I'd been skiing all my life because I lived near the snow, but really only, um, you know, I began to sort of do it, you know, or try to do it 
professionally, but I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and um, but then I had the accident, and um, then I sort of learned to meditate, and then I decided I'd like to become a teacher of meditation, mm-hmm. and really that became my profession um, over the last, you know, the rest of my life. Did you find that meditation helped you with your healing? Most definitely, more mentally than and emotionally than just physically, mm. um, although that was part of it. And I suppose that is an interesting conversation in regard to the relationship between the mind and the body. Um, but yes, it was uh, from the first time I learnt how to do it correctly, um, it was such a transformational experience that I knew that it would be a life practice uh, and would continue to reap benefits. So, you know, I, I was keen to explore it, um, learn more about it, uh, had a passion for it, and uh, really that was when I, about a few years later, became a teacher and, uh, you know, that was uh, such a, a wonderful experience and I thought, well, what a wonderful way to help people. Mm. Um, and, and so that became a life uh, profession. Yeah, you're so blessed um, to be able to do that and I believe that accident may have happened for a reason possibly <laughs> because it's taken you into where you are now and you've been able to help so many people. Yeah. You, know, you may have been an average skier but uh, you've been an excellent uh, teacher of this modality so um, that's great how we find adversity and then we, we, we come out uh, the other side uh, you know, better. Isn't that true? Very true. Well said. Yeah, it's, and, and Steve, with regards to, obviously, you've had a career, geez, it was probably 40 years, I suppose, now, um, you know, in this particular... Correct, pr- pr- 40 years. Yeah, and um, um, I'd just like you to give us a bit of an idea of some of the people that you've helped educate with regards to, um, to, to, to meditation primarily, and we'll talk more about stress and anxiety and the, the finer details uh, as we go on. Oh, look, it was an evolution. Um, I mean, Aaron, when I first started teaching, it was simply uh, a little bit, you know, on the level of of travelling around uh, all over, really teaching meditation um, to people, giving talks and teaching them from Aubrey to Shepparton to Gippsland to Bendigo Mm. (laughs) uh, to Ballarat, you know, then... So just in terms of uh, courses for the general public, but, um, you know, I'm teaching really, I mean, I, you know, thousands of people really, but um, then uh, had many different experiences along the way. Um, one of the highlights of my probably career was really teaching um, meditation um, in two places. One was primarily in Cambodia where I established, well, well, was part of a team or inspired by Marashi to establish a university for orphans there where we taught meditation and established a university. So that was a really um, wonderful experience in the 90s when Cambodia was um, really uh, still at war with Pol Pot and uh, was rebuilding itself and all of that so that was a a really amazing experience of teaching young people that had trauma Mm. and uh, were orphans and their parents had been killed during the Pol Pot period 
So uh, that was really a, a, a very interesting period of seeing how meditation could be applied to affect PTSD. Yeah. Um, not that it was called then uh, PTSD, it was just trauma. Um, but, but what evolved in, in a corporate sense was a business, an organisation, if you like, which was able to teach in many different arenas and that was corporately um, across Australia in governments and organisations and in sporting bodies within uh, high-performance sporting organisations. Mm. Um, that became a very, very uh, key component of what we did. So, who so are, very broad. So, sorry, Steve. Um, who are some of the, the, the well-known clubs or, or individuals that you, you may, have, may have worked with? Well, I first was employed by Stan. Oh, well, my first, uh, I mean, experience of teaching meditation really was in 1989, uh, working for uh, the Carlton Football Club. Mm. And um, I was contracted then by Carlton under the uh, inspiration of, of the past sort of major donor, Dick Pratt. Um, who I'd taught to meditate and, uh, you know, was encouraged to talk with the Carlton Footy Club when, you know, there were people there that were very, very famous. And uh, I began work there with Alex Jezelenko, um and taught the entire, all the boys back then, and of which I'm still very close to many of them. Mm. And they're still meditating. Um, you know, uh, footballers, uh, Justin Madden, who was the ruck then, and, uh, you know, uh, different um, players that have gone on with, you know, quite successful careers that have employed me back into their businesses, um, you know, to teach meditation um, uh, corporately. And so, you know, that was... You know, that's a long time ago, 30 years ago. <laughs> it sure um, is. <laughs> but, you know, uh, really great experience. Um, and uh, then I taught at the St Kilda Football Club with Stan Owls, which was a great experience. Um, I taught at the Western Bulldogs, where there are still a number of the boys there that I have a close relationship with, you know, Luke Darcy and the crew there that are still meditating. Mm. Um, and then I had a, a very major stint in 2010 with Collingwood under the inspiration of David Butters, who was the high performance manager, and Mick Malthouse, mm -hmm. the coach, where we won the premiership in 2010. Mm -hmm. um, and then another stint with Mick at Carlton. So it's been a, a pretty interesting journey. Yeah, I had uh, Brock McLean on last night uh, on the podcast and... Um uh, he was probably part of that program while you were there. Um, he, he certainly rates meditation as being one of the things that's, uh, that's been the, the rock and, and sort of helped him uh, transform his life, I guess. Who was that again? Uh, Brock McLean. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he Amazing. Had, he had some, some personal issues and he still, uh, you know, still values uh, those skills, I suppose, um, you know, to this day, but he had some things that he, he went through which he was, you know, Really kind enough to share with uh, with everyone last night, um, you know, just about the, 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 the trials and tribulations of being a, a professional athlete. 
Yes, I think that's not well. It's becoming more, um, you know, understood now. But, um, you know, I've really got to see that firsthand. Um, oh, well, I forgot, you know, I was with Adelaide too, mm. of course, in, you know, recent times when we made the grand final. But uh, it's very interesting to see, and I think we could get into that, of understanding uh, the impact of fatigue and, uh, I mean, in, in any part of life. But athletes are, might be physically resilient, but it doesn't mean they're mentally and emotionally resilient. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Brock, Brock was testament to that. Like on the outside looked great, but on the inside was really mm-hmm. struggling, you know. And uh, um, I'll just give you, I'll share a little bit of, of my journey, Steve. Like I, I sort of got right into fitness to, to break some uh, negative lifestyle behaviours, uh, you know, 10 or 12 years ago. And I sort of got really fit. And then I sort of was thinking, what do I need to do to get my mind to be as settled as what it is without putting my body through hell? And that's when I thought, well... I've got to learn meditation because if I have an injury, then I'm going to get depressed. <laughs> you know, uh, that, that, that was yeah, very, very, yeah. Cl- very clear to me. So I needed to be able to like just understand my 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 mind a bit better, and that sort of took me into um, into you know the things that um, have brought me to the conversation that we're having today. I guess at the end of, uh, at the end of it. So that's where you know meditation has sort of certainly changed my life, but. Getting back to the athletes, mate, did you find that there was many that didn't embrace it or were they all all pretty good? No, no, no. I so, know uh, that that's, you know, a 50-50. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, there's no doubt that when they learn, uh, they definitely experience uh, a change. I mean, the good thing about the techniques that we teach with meditation is that you know, you don't have to believe in it for it to work. It's more physiological. So, mm. I mean, just explaining a little bit about that process, I mean, whatever technique you're using, I mean, we use a mantra um, which is taught to an individual within, uh, you know, an individual process one-to-one. Mm. But then what happens is the mind um, settles down and becomes very more quiet so imagine like the mind like an ocean and and not so much an explanation for you but for your listeners um and so correspondingly the mind controls the body so when the mind goes to a quieter level of state of consciousness then of course you take the body into a much deeper level of rest and you can measure that according to metabolic rate and oxygen consumption so your metabolic rate or oxygen consumption in sleep decreases by about 8 to 12%, mm. but in meditation it decreases by up to 24%. So in a very short period of time, you're awake, but your body is more rested than sleep. And there's really the secret to meditation from a physiological point of view at least, because uh, when the body goes into that state of rest, you are able to enable uh, the autoimmune system to locate uh, imbalances in the physiology, which we use the term stress. Uh, But stress, of course, is not in the world. It's a byproduct of your emotional responses and mental responses to the world. So you are basically depositing stress into the physiology via the brain Mm. um, and via thought because the brain sort of converts a thought into a neurochemical 
And if you've got a negative thought or a worrying thought or an anxious thought or, you know, anything like that, then the brain then converts that thought into a neurochemical according to the style of thought that you're having. Mm. And the end result of that is that you may have too much cortisol or adrenaline or dopamine, which is what then shuts down the autoimmune system, mm. which is your healing ability. And when you meditate, you reboot the autoimmune system to dilute cortisol or increase serotonin or whatever it might be so it's sort of a key that you've got to get the body into a state of least excitation to speed up any uh, physiological imbalances in the nervous system that then in turn are causing mental problems is there any way of measuring like cortisol levels and, and so forth oh yes absolutely yeah so all the research now on meditation is in that direction. So uh, there's a, a lot of published research studies on reduction in cortisol levels, for example, um, you know, uh, after a period of, you know, one month, two months meditation. Um, uh, and, of course, also increased serotonin levels, which is more related to positive thinking and positive states of mind and body. Mm. So... That, that's a very significant, uh, you know, sort of way and objectively verifying the benefits. And then serotonin leads on to melatonin, which helps you sleep. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Because high cortisol levels, that's your anxiety hormone. Mm. So high cortisol levels um, really prevent the ability to have deep sleep. Um, and cortisol levels spike sort of around four or five in the morning and that's why a lot of people have problems waking up and feeling anxious um, you know at those times um, so so there's two components to meditation one is uh, physiologically rebalancing the nervous system because when you're in a state of least excitation you are creating more order for the healing process within the body mm. um, but neurologically that's another story that that's the great thing about meditation versus say rest or sleep or relaxation uh, which can give rest to the body but it doesn't alert the brain and change the mri patterns or the eg patterns in the brain mm, really interesting um, yeah, look, if, I, I think for listeners to be able to identify the, the cortisol levels in, the, in their own day, uh, how that's actually tracking is, 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 uh, is a great way to actually uh, be, become more self-aware and observe uh, how you are as a being. Um, you're right, I, I quite often talk to guys about, uh, you know, as men we primarily wake up anxious uh, quite, quite, quite often and that's sort of... Uh, is testament to what you've just sort of said, um, you know, between those sorts of hours, um, we can sort of have high levels or high spikes of cortisol at that time. Yes, and of course, what happens is that the mornings can be a cocktail of, um, you know, a combination of high cortisol levels and a high degree of brain incoherence. Mm. Um, so what happens is that neurologically, the frontal lobes of the brain are what we call the CEO of the brain. So they're the discriminating the ability to um, pause, the ability to 
make better decisions, the ability to, um, you know, choose what might be better for you mm. and be more emotionally stable. Now, under stress, the frontal lobe of the brain goes offline. So there's a high degree of electrical activity moves to the rear of the brain mm. and the frontal lobe of the brain becomes somewhat incoherent. So when you get that combined with high cortisol levels, um, you start the day not in a good place. Mm. Um, you know, your, your decision-making. So how do we know? I mean, from a, an emotional or from a mental point of view, how do we know that we're in that state? Well, you wake up tired, um, you look at your phone, you begin to become anxious about the day, mm. um, you overreact to something in, on an email, um, you just don't have that patience or that ease, um, or you just seem to be always on edge, um, or you're just feeling that you're not able to enjoy where you are without worrying about what you haven't done and what you've got to do. Uh, so there's a lot of underlying anxiety which fuels all of that, and that is the imbalances in the nervous system, which is what we call stress. Mm. Very, very well said. It's 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 interesting, Steve. Uh, just to share some something with you, I I've I was given a, a meditation, um, a thousand day meditation practice, which I finish on the first of June, so next week. Um, oh, well done. Well, it's 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 actually um, it's it's to um, it's to I suppose uh, recruit the pituitary and pineal gland. Um, so to be able to, right. yep, to, yep. to do that with a mantra and also touching the fingers at the same time and um, that has had a profound effect on my uh, self-awareness, um, my, my cortisol levels. I, when this is happening, I just feel such a reaction in my body. My breath goes really slow, comes back to a nice rhythm and I find my neck sort of twisting um you know like all this sort of uh tensions leaving my body it's it's um a kundalini yoga mantra called kirtan kriya um it's been mm -hmm. uh, been uh, around for centuries apparently and um uh when i did that particular teacher training my or the the teacher that actually brought kundalini yoga into australia um, sort of said to me look you know i asked her i said i want a thousand day practice to do so i can really embody something and, and master it and um, she gave me this particular one and it's been incredibly profound just to just to get that part of the, the, the mind activated and actually give you the ability to be able to see life a little bit differently and a little bit more um, neutral. And it's really uh, a meditation to um, recruit the neutral mind so you're not sort of, you know, uh, too anxious or depressed. Uh, you're sort of, you know, you're more balanced, I guess. Yeah, that's great. Well done. It's an interesting um, one. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I mean, any practice, uh, you know, that has that opportunity to still the mind and the body um, is really the key. I mean, what we talk about really is that you must form, it must become what we call habit. Mm. Um, so it must become a routine. Uh, we call it habit stacking. You know, you must... Um, create a long-term habit of the practice for it to allow the transformational effect in the human physiology. Mm. Um, like any, <coughs> excuse me, any 
um, training that you do, um, as long as it can become, and look, you know, meditation that we teach, um, which is really practiced for 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon, that's not a long period of time. Mm. Uh, but if it's consistently practiced every day, then obviously the results will come from that um, if you're doing it regularly. Yeah, I guess, you know, for, for guys out there, it's the gym. Like, you know, they'll go to the gym to work the body, to increase the, the physical um, uh, capabilities that we have within ourselves. That's, that's quite, quite good. Um, to get some breath into a flow, all those sorts of things. But to be able to sort of train the mind to become more more balanced. So I think, you know, the human mind is a, is a special thing. Uh, it's not like the minds of anything else on the planet. We do, we do have all these, um, you know, capabilities within ourselves. But we actually really don't know how to, to self-regulate or regulate it. And mm. that's why we're having a lot of the issues, uh, I guess, um, with stress and anxiety and depression and all those, uh, uh, those, those uh, common um, diseases uh, that we're experiencing these days. So, you know, the, the, the whole concept of this podcast is to try and give people, you know, preventative tools rather than uh, reactive tools. So I guess uh, in modern society, we've got a really reactive approach to health, whereas I want to really try and do what I can to have a more of a prehabilitative um, approach to health. And these are the sorts of things, you know, to actually understand our mind to to, to realise that we need to give it um, uh, time to rest every day is so important to be able to get the best out of ourselves and, and have uh, all-round well-being. Would you agree? Uh, well said. Look, I've worked with a lot of athletes over a long period of time and um, the, one of the things from physical exercise is that um, it, it, it reaches a certain point where um, the recovery is not there. So when you over-adrenalise the body, um, you know, there's a, a, an experience of being what you called in the flower and the zone, but if it doesn't last very long or the long-term effect of it is, you know, with repeated kind of um, over-training or really over-exercising is that the body has can't recover and so um, sleep patterns fall off um, and there is a very high degree of, of, of lack of resilience emotionally. So being impatient, being a little bit short, sharp, um, getting upset quickly becomes sort of uh, unfortunately not inhibited by the training. Mm. Uh, there's only a short period of time where there is a result from that but then it spikes again and so that it's not the training that is the issue there's nothing wrong with that it's just that unless you understand that the body needs to equally value recovery to find that equilibrium and balance mm. um, but the problem with training and too much thinking and too much doing you know you're a human being but you become a human doing yes. is that you unfortunately are unable to find inner ease or peace or quietness or ability to not be anxious and so meditation is the key uh, and it has been for thousands and thousands of years as a human training as a human learning as a a self-development tool. Uh, 
because mm. you won't find that in a book or a podcast or a you've got to go there yourself you can't learn self-development just intellectually you've got to apply techniques that you practice that take the mind into that state of quietness that will then transform the inner functioning of the nervous system to uphold the different state of mind and body in the world mm. yeah beautifully said steve uh, you know, the, the words come to me then. It's, it's like being on holidays, but you can be on holidays every day. And, um, you know, when, when, we're, when we're so caught up in the rat race, uh, we're getting stimulated so much, you know, we, 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 we would go away for two weeks, you come back feeling nice and calm. Well, that level of calmness can be part of your life every day if you embody these uh, practices. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Um... And look, there's always challenges, I mean, in life. I mean, one of the oldest sayings, wherever you go spiritually in terms of books and learning, um, whether it's expressed in a multitude of different ways, whether it's India or China or Thailand or wherever, even the early Christian teachings. Mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean... What it what ultimately is is that you know in loss and gain I remain the same. Mm. Um, you know how do you develop the equilibrium? Because it doesn't matter even with your own personal development and your own growth. It just doesn't mean that things are always going to go your way. You know you're going to have relationship problems. You're still going to have certain things in your life that challenge you financially, business. And unless you've done the inner work to kind of create the inner stability to cope with the outer change, then, you know, when you just get thrown in a big way and what you want to be able to do is sort of handle all the ups and downs that life delivers you from an inner state of balance. Yeah, I agree, Steve. It's, it's amazing, isn't it, uh, once you do sort of come to a a state of consciousness or a state of awareness that can be developed through meditation, just how, how we can realise that, that the little things that we get thrown at us um, uh, every day can bounce off us if we're actually able to be resilient enough to observe them and know that they will pass and, you know, that the sun comes up and goes down like it has forever and uh, that's still going to happen tomorrow as well. But if we can approach every day with a sense of, uh, um, you know, calm and, and balance, uh, then not only we benefit, everyone, everyone else around us benefits, whether that's at school, the workplace, uh, at work, uh, sorry, uh, at sport, whatever you're doing, I guess. Yes, very true. And, um, I mean, that is about creating habits and routines that sort of continually uh, bring you back more quickly um, into that state of mind and body. And, and also, I mean, there's still this sort of continual unfoldment of learning where you are continually, you think you've kind of got it together and then all of a sudden something comes along and, and reminds you that you, you really have a way to go. Mm. You know? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. That, 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 uh, okay, I, I missed that one. Um, I really need to get my act together uh, and deal with that differently or with that person better or, um, you know. So 
there's the great thing about meditation is you're still open um, to seeing things where you can grow and and that might mean that you get a bit of a hit occasionally you know where someone comes along and reminds you that you know you need to do something differently and as long as you remain open to that um, and that can be challenging um, you know but what meditation and what routines do is that it, it allows you to sit back and and reflect and think more clearly and then reboot again yeah it's, it's interesting i was saying in a previous podcast you know, back in oh, the 1500s, uh, there was a terminology called jump, which is repeat. You know, the, the power of repetition is just so powerful to be able to help us, you know, hit that neutrality so we can sort of be in flow more often. And um, um, it's something that I guess isn't discussed enough in, in, in modern Western society. Uh, you know, so having that routine of a meditation practice early in the morning, um, you know, if anyone's listening to this podcast, um, that wants to try, um, certainly it's great to be able to get a guide to, to support you. Um, and also, um, you know, the, the use of apps is beneficial to be able to give you some structure, I guess, to, uh, to, to, to begin. Do you offer any uh, training uh, for anyone out there, Steve, if anyone's looking to try and get started at all? Or? Yes, well, we teach meditation every week, um, and uh, both in the general public and in um, you know, in the world uh, of, of, you know, corporate and all of those things. Um, so, yes, I mean, if anyone in Victoria or is interested in going on to any of our websites, um, then more than welcome uh, to inquire about learning, um, happy to respond. Um, and, uh, of course, anywhere else around australia where if you're teaching of course um you know we, we're open to that's what we do and that's what we do every day it's mm. incredible steve you know i'm so grateful to have uh, had this conversation with you and i'm sure uh, i'm going to learn a lot from you as i have from this podcast i'm um, sort of you well, as I, as I said, you've sort of come at, uh, into my life at the right time because I'm, I'm finishing this practice on, on Tuesday and I'm looking to engage in something that I can maybe do for another thousand days, which is going to sort of uh, be able to develop parts of me that I haven't explored yet. So um, we'll talk about that more. But um, is there any, uh, what, what's the best place to people, uh, for people to contact you if they want to get in touch about maybe getting you to speak in the workplace, the sporting club, or just, uh, just, just to be in touch in general? Yep. Well, if they contact, um, if they go on to www.griffithconsulting.com you know, mm -hmm. um, and or Google myself, Steve Griffith, uh, but uh, yes, our company is called Griffith Consulting and uh, they can go onto the website or Google the website, Griffith Consulting, and uh, look at all our programs there and our speaking programs and certainly... Uh, please, you know, anyone that's interested, more than welcome to give me a call personally um, and have a discussion about what they may be interested in and uh, happy to um, and also, uh, you know, provide, you know, the information on how they can learn to meditate and the course and we'd send out any material to anyone that requested it, no problem. Yeah. And happy to uh, have a conversation with you, Aaron, about, uh, you know, about... Uh, you know, TM. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, we'll do. Uh, it's interesting, TM. I, I learned a bit from uh, Lauren Roach in the US a few years ago. Um, oh, he's, yes. Yeah, he's fairly well known, and I was in contact with him quite a bit, and then sort of got swept into the uh, the other side of uh, yoga, which basically took me into uh, the practice that I was doing and uh, and so forth. So, yeah, I, I know uh, it's, it's, it's very important for me to have that uh, that structure and repetition and it's just it's just effortless to do that meditation practice every day you know it's just part of what i do and um uh, once you once you do it for you know a month and a, a couple of months and a year all of a sudden it's part of your life and it's like anything uh you, we can we can retrain ourselves and reprogram ourselves from the way we sort of think feel and act and uh you know it, it's all uh, it's all a journey but if uh if you embrace something on a daily basis it can really um you know, have a profound impact on your life and I, i'm really grateful steve that you've been able to talk so openly and honestly about the power of meditation and um, I hope uh, some of the listeners uh, you know can touch base and also um, you know find their own journey on what might work best for them definitely Aaron uh, thank you very much for the opportunity um, obviously my favorite favorite topic in the world uh, <laughs> meditation so I'm um, glad that we both had the opportunity to discuss that I really appreciate it and you know, the work that you're doing to reach out to all the different areas and communities, well done. Um, you know, very, 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 you know, important uh, to for people to learn knowledge like you're uh, giving out to prevent really ongoing mental health issues, anxiety, depression, and uh, all the other byproducts of that that affect people in the world and families. So well done. There you go, guys. Um, what an amazing gentleman and, and uh, how lucky we are to have a guy like Steve Griffith in Australia um, to be able to, yeah, just be, be so um, you know, open and honest about uh, the power of meditation and how simple it can actually be. Um, I learned a lot from that conversation. Uh, you know, I've been in this circle for 10 years. Uh, I've been around uh, lots of uh, you know, meditation teachers. I've been around lots of um, ashrams, uh, all that type of thing, um, and you know, really understanding myself, but also understanding the the way the mind works in general better. And you know, Steve gave some really great examples of things then that I um, I hadn't considered, and he put into really simple terms. So, really encourage you to uh, to maybe reach out and have a look at Steve's website, Griffith Consulting. Um, and yeah, there's lots of things that. Uh, you may be able to bring into your daily life um, from what Steve um, offers and also maybe offers the workplace for your sports club. So check that out if you can. Um, my website is uh, outbackmind.com.au if you want to uh, look at uh, what I'm up to. Uh, there's uh, big changes going on with that website soon, so it's under construction. Uh, there's, a, although there's some good content on there if you want to have a read. And if you want to email me with any feedback, uh, just support at outbackmind.com.au. So... Appreciate you listening in. Hope to uh, yeah be speaking to you soon over the weekend with another podcast coming through. So talk to you uh, then. Thanks for your support. Cheers. Mm-hmm.